Ruth 2. Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him, in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his young men, the young man who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She's the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. And so she came. She's continued from early morning on until now except for a short rest. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter. Do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that you are that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowed to the ground, and said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I'm a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me, and how you left your father and mother in your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you've done, and a full reward be given to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. And she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. At the meal and at mealtime, the boy said to her, Come here, eat some bread, dip your morsel in the wine. She sat beside the reapers, and he passed to her roasted grain, and she ate until she was satisfied, and she had some left over. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed her his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves. Don't reproach her. And also pull out some of the bundles for her and leave it for her to glean. Don't rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. And she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you glean today? Where have you worked? Blessed is the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her mother-in-law, her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the dead, the living or the dead. Naomi also told her, The man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. Ruth the Moabite said, Besides, he said to me, You shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all the harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It's good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvests. And she lived with her mother-in-law. (laughs) 
Last week, I heard about Ruth's family. I heard her faithfulness to Naomi, how that shows us something of how we should be faithful to those, the people close to us, but also showed us how faithful Jesus is to us. And now this week, we hear about God blessing Ruth and also blessing Naomi through Boaz. So, you know, Ruth comes, goes out to, to glean to pick up scraps after the harvest. And she asks permission to be able to do that in the field uh, as, the, as the reapers are working there. She's granted permission. And who comes up a little bit later but the, the owner of the field, Boaz. Boaz is a relative of, of uh, Naomi's late husband, a relative, therefore, of, of Ruth's late husband, and therefore someone who it might just might be his job to welcome Ruth into his family. Well, in any case, he comes up today and he, he asks who this woman is, and instead of turning her away, he, he invites her to continue to glean there. He offers her food. He offers her water to drink. Now, he might be obeying the law to, to offer, you know, offer her to be able to glean in his field, but there's nothing requiring him to offer her food and drink, but he does that. He orders his servants to, to offer even more food to her, and he tells her to stay there where she can be safe, that she can be safe among his people. She might not be somewhere else. These are troubled times. These are troubled times. But Boaz obeys God's commands in both letter and spirit, and he creates a community. We should do the same. This is really, that's, that's really what I'm going to preach today. These are troubled times, but Boaz obeys God's commands in letter and in spirit, and he creates community. We should do the same. So, yeah, what's a gleaner? You know, there's, there's this local organization called, called Gleaners. It's one of the, one of the major uh, food uh, food organizations in in uh, the area, and what is a gleaner? Well, it it comes from scripture. Actually, it comes from the Old Testament law required that that uh, is from Leviticus. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to its edge. Neither shall you gather the gleanings after your harvest. Gleanings being the extra bits. And you shall not strip your vineyard bare, neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. And in case that's not clear, just, just a couple chapters later, God repeats that again. Again in Leviticus, when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to its edge. You shall not gather the gleanings after your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. That's the command. But God's commands don't always get obeyed. And this is a time of a lot of conflict. See, the, the book had, had started by saying this is in the time of the judges. Now, if you've ever read the book of Judges, you know, the time of the judges, everything's falling apart. It's a mess. It's terrible. There's conflict between the Israelites and the Philistines, the conflict between, between the Israelites and other Canaanites, there's conflict among the Israelites with each other. There are famines. I mean, that's what led, that's what led Naomi's family to, to leave Bethlehem in the first place. There's idolatry. People are worshiping idols among God's people, even from what would-be kings. 
There's a brutal coup d'etat, murder of children. There's child sacrifice. There's there's adultery. There's there's rape and murder, civil war and massacre. This is a time when the book of Judges sums it up. There was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. So do you think a lot of people were remembering God's command to leave the gleanings for the poor and sojourners? Absolutely not. They're getting all they can, either because they're afraid they won't have enough or from greed to get all that they can. But Boaz lives differently. He lives differently, but at the same time, he's not blind to what his culture has become. He tells Ruth, keep close to my young women. He tells her, I've charged the young men not to touch you. That's, says, sorry, says, uh, says something about the sorry state of things that he has to tell, has to charge his young men not to touch a vulnerable woman. Well, Naomi's glad to hear it, though. She tells Ruth, It's good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. This is not a time of kindness. This is not a time of generosity. This is not a time of people doing what is right in God's eyes. Now, each time is different, but there are shades of that in this time, too. For us today, we sadly live in a time when when women when many women are afraid to be alone out at night. Is fear of random shootings? You know, our, our child care center is fully locked up, and every other child care center is too. Didn't used to be that way, but also broadly, our culture is one where everyone does what is right in his or her own eyes. You know, God's command is to open your hand to the needy, to the poor in your land, and people don't listen. Someone shows up in your field collecting the wheat at the edges. What's the response? Get off my property or I'm calling the police. These are troubled times. But Boaz obeys God's commands in the letter and in the spirit, and he creates community. We should do the same. Well, a foreigner shows up in Boaz's field, and he doesn't accuse her of trespassing. He's a wealthy man. He, he doesn't have to deal with this. Nobody would think twice about him, him telling her to get out of there or, or him just saying like, oh, okay, interesting, and then walking off. This, this is literally costing him for her to pick grain from the field. This is his field. It's, it's the grain that, that his men planted. It is leaving money on the table. But that's what God calls us to do. That's what God told his people to do in leaving, leaving the gleanings. And that example is something we need to apply in our own lives. Uh, Boaz isn't like that. He, he doesn't, doesn't, he's not concerned about leaving money on the table here. He's a faithful man. Ruth isn't just in Boaz's field. I think he knows this. It's not just Boaz's field. She's in God's field. Psalm 24 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. Maybe we shouldn't be too concerned about trespassing. Leviticus 25 says that God says the land is mine. What we have, what we have, I mean, you, whatever you have in your bank account, in your, you know, in, in your home, in your pockets, whatever we have, we don't have just from ourselves. Value is created by combining human labor with the materials of the world. You planted the crop, but you didn't create the soil. You built the car part, but you didn't create the raw materials that are mined from the ground. What you have 
you have from your work, but also from God's creation. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Don't be stingy with it. Did you notice how, uh, how Boaz greets his workers? I think it was, was kind of cool. He greets the, his workers by saying, doesn't say, doesn't say hello. He says, the Lord be with you. Hey, we say that in church. When I lived uh, in Austria as an exchange student in Austria, the normal way uh, people say hello is, God greet you. But that, uh, that, hasn't, that hasn't actually gotten more than 10% of Austrians into church. <laughs> so, you know, Boaz has the phrase, does it doesn't mean anything? Well, the shift manager he has work in this field, knew that it was appropriate to allow Ruth, when she asked, to glean the field after the people reaping the harvest have gone through. Not every farmer would have allowed that. I suspect most wouldn't have, but Boaz's servant knew his employer did. Maybe God has blessed Boaz, like his, his workers wish for him. You know, his, his, he says, the Lord be with you, and they say, the Lord bless you. Maybe God blessed him with a heart that trusts God. So Boaz keeps the letter of the law, which is exceptional, but he also keeps the spirit of the law. Yes, he obeys the commandments of Leviticus and Deuteronomy to not gather the gleanings after your harvest, but instead to leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. But being faithful to God doesn't mean just obeying the letter of the law. It means obeying its spirit. God says in Deuteronomy, For there will never cease to be poor in the land. Therefore I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother to the needy and to the poor in your land. Because this is what God is like. This is what God, where God's heart is. Deuteronomy uh, also says, For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no bribe. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. Love the sojourner, therefore, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. God's children, like all children, should obey the good commands of their father, but also they should be like their good father. See, I want to obey God, but I also want to have a heart like his, a heart that loves justice, that loves the sojourner. And hey, there's something kind of shocking about that, too. How shocking is this? A sojourner? What is a sojourner anyway? Well, it's a foreigner who lives in your country. Call it you know resident alien today, modern legal language. Someone who lives nearby, but is not part of the local culture, local people, local families. If citizenship existed back then, which which it which it didn't, but but if it did, this person would be a citizen of another country. Ruth just moved from Moab. Within the last few months, she moved from Moab. Everybody knows her as Ruth the Moabite. Yeah, it keeps getting repeated, right? The King James Version uh, calls her Ruth the Moabitess. Um, uh, I'm glad we just go with Moabite. That's not, it's not exactly a good thing to be in Israel. You don't really want to be a Moabite when you're in Israel uh, at that time. Yeah, God loves the sojourner, but his people don't, especially not Moabites. Moabites had waged war against Israel when they arrived in Canaan. They were remembered for this. Who are the Moabites? Oh, yeah, they're not us. And they hated us. They might attack us again. That's who the Moabites are. I don't know that the Israelites were wrong to be suspicious of the Moabites or to not trust Moabite sojourners in Israel. They might act against their Israelite neighbors. 
Ruth probably isn't, but you know, I have, have, have a bunch of Moabites living in town. Well, they're suspicious of him. Some of them might have been spies. But none of that changes God's command. None of that changes God's heart. What did God say? You shall leave the gleanings. Leave them for whom? For the poor and for the sojourner. Why? Because God loves the sojourner as he loves you despite your sins. Because you were once a sojourner too. A resident foreigner. Maybe when your ancestors immigrated to this country, United States of America. But, but, but also God tells his people and tells us when your spiritual ancestors were sojourners in Egypt and they were distrusted and they were hated by their neighbors. We are sojourners, no matter our citizenship, because this land is not our own. God says this land, the land is mine, for you are sojourners and strangers with me. Strangers and sojourners. Foreigners and resident foreigners. She is the young Moabite woman, the shift manager, tells Boaz, who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. <laughs> Ruth herself is shocked that Boaz respects her. Why have I found favor in your eyes? You should take notice of me since I am a foreigner. For a faithful Christian, that is no strike against someone. In fact, a resident foreigner faces particular hardships and is owed special care. Love the sojourner, therefore, God says, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. Love the sojourner. Whether a local resident is a citizen of Canada or Mexico or Israel or Palestine or, you know what, even Ohio. Love the sojourner. This is a command for us. No matter the sojourner, we love. Boaz does just that. Having his people, I mean, he goes, he goes beyond the commandment. His men do what they know he wants, which is what is commanded by God and leaving the gleanings for her and others. But he's after God's heart and he shows greater kindness. Oh, there's, there's a command. Deuteronomy 24. When you reap your harvest in your field and forget a sheaf in the field, you shall not go back to get it. It shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless and the widow, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands when you beat your olive trees, you shall not go over them again. It shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow. When you gather the grapes of your vineyard, you shall not strip it afterward. It shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I command you to do this. If you forget a sheaf in the field... Leave it there for the sojourner, orphan, or widow to take. That's God's command. What does Boaz do? What does Boaz do? When Ruth is out of earshot, Boaz instructed his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and do not reproach her, and also pull out some from the bundles for her, and leave it for her to glean. Don't rebuke her. He, he's telling them to let her not just glean, but to gather right with them as they're gathering, to harvest alongside them. And... If it's a command to leave the sheaf that you've forgotten, Boaz tells his men to forget some more bundles for Ruth to take home. It's like it's like getting a deal on something that fell off the back of a truck, except this is this is all about board. God, God tells us again and again. The New Testament Hebrews says, Let brotherly love continue. Don't neglect to show hospitality to strangers. 
for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. It says, don't neglect to do good, to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. James says, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Do we need to be afraid of running out ourselves in trying times? No. Second Corinthians tells us, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he's distributed freely. Is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He supplies seed to the sower. And bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. We don't need to be afraid of running out ourselves when we share with others. In a time when community is falling apart, right? Troubled times. Boaz works in the opposite direction, and it pays off. We can see that there's a spirit of community in Boaz's farm. His, his, his workers are decent. They give each other religious greetings. Praying for each other is normal. And it's not just that Boaz obeys God. It's not just that he follows God's heart. His faith is infectious, and it's spreading and creating community. He does a good deed which God had prepared for him to do. He does a good deed to Ruth. And Ruth does a good deed to Naomi. Boaz treats his workers well. And they treat Ruth well. There are even more ripples of this down the line, but, but when you lead with a faithful spirit and loving heart, it creates community. It spreads. These are troubled times, but Boaz obeys God's commands in the letter and in the spirit, and he creates community. We should do the same. This is how we're to follow Jesus as Christians. This is how we're to live together in community. Service to one another. Boaz serves others. Ruth serves Naomi. You know, two weeks ago, I had the kids on my own. And prior to worship, when I needed to get some things done, not only did someone, I won't name who, because I don't think she wants the attention, but not only did someone keep an eye on them, but she even brought fruit, nuts, and cheese to share with them. She served me. When it was time for worship that day, the, the boys went and sat with, with another family. Now, I'm not sure whether this family offered or whether my kids just insisted that they were going to sit with them. But, but either way, they served me. We're meant to serve one another, to love one another as much as Jesus loves us. We're meant to welcome the stranger, to greet the neighbor, love the sojourner. When someone in our community is really in danger, is really in need, we need to figure out how to help them together. And we give praise to God when we do that. There's always a reason for hope. Don't, that reason is Jesus Christ. We offer to each other. We offer hope to each other. You remember how forsaken and devastated Naomi was in the scripture last week? Naomi who said, the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has testified against me. The Almighty has brought calamity upon me. Here's what Naomi says when she sees the food and here's what Boaz has done for them. 
May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. God's kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. And here's where he shows it. Here, here is where he shows it. Jesus Christ coming to save the living and the dead and being brought into Christian community. These are troubled times. But Boaz obeys God's commands in the letter and the spirit, and he creates community. We should do the same. Amen.